This is the Acting Up Podcast with your host, Allie Goodman. Hey friends, welcome to the Acting Up with Allie Goodman podcast, a backstage pass to the life of a working actor and mom raising a kid with special needs. I had a cool experience this past week, which is like the whole impetus for this episode in in my situation of where why I wanted to do this is I thought this was such a cool moment and I, I can't I can't wait to get to it. I teased a little bit about it on Tuesday's uh, social media posts. So if you saw that, then you probably saw what I'm talking about. But I kind of want to go a little bit more in depth and talk a little bit more about what it is. So as you can gather, uh, we've talked before about play, about pretend play and what that's like for kids on the spectrum in, in I, I always say this like as a general rule. And I, I always want to preface that because it's, I, it's weird. Like I always want to say like, but this is what my kid does or this is more my kid than maybe most kids. But in general, many kids on the spectrum have issues or trouble or struggles or challenges with pretend play. It doesn't come easy to them. It's not something that they do uh, organically, I guess would be the best way to put it. And it's not that that can't be taught and it's not something that can't be encouraged or teased out or worked with, but some will adapt to that experience better than others. And some, the rigidity of the reality of the world, you may have seen uh, right now we're we're watching Parenthood, the show, and there's I won't give any spoilers because I hate when people give spoilers. But one of the the aspects of that show, there is a a, a young character with, at the time it, they were using the term Aspergers. Then Aspergers was originally in the DSM four classified and and prior to the DSM five classified as a separate uh, sort of an arm offshoot of autism, which now is under the whole umbrella of autism versus being sort of its own separate type of disorder versus classic autism so everything now lives under the under the umbrella of autism so you get a diagnosis of autism and then they used to do these levels and I don't even know that they do that anymore it's just yeah it's very confusing and especially for people who their whole lives like I, I have family member who her son was classified as having Asperger's and that's what he knew and that's what they've used their whole lives and now all of a sudden they're like oh yeah that term doesn't exist anymore I think that's just wild and crazy and how do you how do you just like pull that from somebody and especially if they've used that in their identity for so long but it's fine long story short classified as Asperger's which they used to use the term high functioning I don't like that term I know a lot of autistics don't like that term it's it's a very um, misleading term, high functioning, low functioning, because it doesn't really mean anything. Uh, because what's considered high functioning to the outside world isn't necessarily what's high functioning inside of somebody's body and what they're going through. The de- determination and then where are you determining it? Is it because they can speak and are they verbal and therefore it feels like they're more high functioning or but what about the people who maybe they're not verbal but they can speak and or they can write and they can write beautifully and and eloquently and you wouldn't know unless you met them you know that maybe they are, are having you know they, they aren't verbal there's all these different ways that it 
it's very it's a misleading term so high functioning low functioning is not a term that i like to use although i know it still gets used uh same thing with asperger's it just doesn't get it it's it's starting to fade out but in this particular show there's a young boy and he has asperger's autism he has autism and in the show that people we we use terms all the time idioms and expressions and phrases and he's often says things like don't use those terms because you know you know I hate expressions because they don't mean that he's taking everything literally and the same thing with the rigidity of reality like you know it's hard to if you're somebody who is very pragmatic in the pragmatic world and the real world all of a sudden you're giving somebody uh something that isn't tangible and in this physical world and that would be an idiom or, or an expression that can be very confusing and so that that's a, that's a lot of times what I in my brain like into the idea of like of pretend play it's it's not here is that actually happening you're in a kitchen that doesn't actually work you're you know playing you're pretending to cook you're pretending to talk to somebody on the telephone who isn't really there with a play telephone you're pretending to be a firefighter you're pretending you know all of these things that use your imagination and that's sometimes difficult with kids on the spectrum so I want to back up here before I sort of dive into this particular story and talk a little bit about play in general so there's the other kind of play even the more tangible realistic physical play that happens in the world so as babies are growing up they end up starting they play by themselves sort of independently sometimes they'll play you know do back and forth stuff with you a little bit they'll show you stuff that's pretty common general milestone hitting practices uh, at some point kids will be playing in the same room together in what they call parallel play so this baby's playing with this toy this baby's playing with that toy maybe they interact a little bit but it's really not playing together that happens a little bit later Jackson is for sure at the point where he should have been playing with other kids he does not he engages in a lot of parallel play now that is to say when Jackson engages in play at all which is really not often Jackson's play that I've ever seen him do independent play he used to stack blocks and I think he did it for a visual stim he would sort of like run his body sort of up and down on a vertical level to look at the look through these see-through blocks that we had and he really enjoyed doing that but he didn't really enjoy building it as much as he liked the end result that he could then do this visual stim and he doesn't really like to do that anymore so he doesn't build I thought he would enjoy putting Legos together he doesn't seem to enjoy that the only thing he tends to enjoy is reading his books and they're books that he's heard so many times that he's clearly memorized them or he knows enough or he will look at the pages or he'll remember things and I think that's like this source of comfort for him because he's he'll have us read him a book he's memorized the book now or he knows it well enough that he can kind of go through the pages and have enough of the story that he remembers per page that he's memorized and and held on to because he's not clearly not reading the words And maybe he's deducing some of the stuff from the pictures because I think sometimes that'll happen. But long story short, it's always books that he's very familiar with that he's pulling out. And sometimes they're books that he hasn't read in, I mean, years, literally, that he'll be like, oh, yeah, this book. And then he'll pull it out. And it's one that we used to read a lot. And then he remembers it and he'll pull it out to read it. Uh, Lately, he's been having us read to him 
which is a delight and I love doing that and I'm grateful and happy that he wants our attention and wants that kind of positive attention but his independent play is pretty much not existent so one of the things we'd been working on as far as the programming goes was actually trying to build more functional independent stuff that he could do now when he's sitting at the kitchen table he has some of these sort of baby or toys uh, like an alphabet apple and some of these other things he now has a leap pad and he'll play with those sometimes I would say 50 50 50 percent of the time he's into it and 50 percent of the time he just wants to get up and kind of run around the living room and stim I know when he's at the clinic and I know when he's at school he will engage in some kind of play but in our house we cannot for the life of us figure out how to get him interested in doing any of that he doesn't he has no interest he only just wants to read his books if he does anything independently and it's getting very frustrating because John and I desperately we have so many toys and things that he could play with and he's just he's really not into it so we haven't worked that piece out so understand that when Jackson is not being put in a position where he is the expectation is that okay we're going to work on this stuff or we're going to play with you know we're going to we're going to learn this or we're going to put this program in or we're going to work on something with these people who are teachers for him as opposed to being at home when it's sort of like a free-for-all in a way even if we try to put in structure he doesn't want it from us and it's been a very difficult thing for us because he doesn't he's not interested sometimes he'll sit and he'll look out the window because he's interested in that but I mean, long story short, he's, it's it's actually really frustrating because we want desperately to play and do stuff with him and he's not into it. So lots of times I'm desperately trying to leave the house because if he's here too long and he gets too cabin feverish, he doesn't want to, he, he just starts to sort of throw a tantrum because I'm sure he's bored and he he doesn't want to be here and you know then he goes to his room and then he's kicking the walls and then he's angry and then he's losing his you know it's just a lot and it's overwhelming it's overwhelming for him and it's overstimulated and it's understimulated and it's just a lot so we know that if there's time off say school is out or there's you know holiday or whatever we have to build in activities for him and even that going to a place like a gym like a fun you know gym place or whatever you know he can only handle those for a short amount of time even a playground or somewhere outside lots of times it has to be something where I know it sounds nuts but I take him to a lot of stores and put him in a cart and we just ride around and look for stuff or browse and I can't do that terribly long with him alone like this is one of the things that I do with Jonathan so lots of times we'll all go together to like the grocery store it's like an epic family outing but it's sometimes the only thing I can do because he doesn't seem interested in any other type of play and here's the other thing he also won't sit still and watch a movie so I can't get him to I I would I would kill for my kid to just sit for two hours and watch a movie it would be amazing I would I would put I would buy every movie that he ever wanted I would download whatever he needed I would I didn't even care I would let him sit an entire day if he would sit and watch if he were like I just want to sit and watch movies all day I'd be like holla freaking Louia, whatever you want to watch I don't care what it is he doesn't he doesn't want to watch Daniel Tiger he doesn't want to watch any shows he does not interested in any of it it's very hard it's it's a big challenge so now let me jump to this really epic moment so we were at therapy and we were leaving and I was having a conversation with 
his uh, physical therapist, his PT. And we were just talking and chatting and whatever, and we were getting ready to go. Um, And as we were leaving, Jackson was ahead of us. And one of the things that Jackson will sometimes like to do in that clinic is there's another room that you can get you can access and he will sometimes look at us and then try to run to that room he knows he's not supposed to go he does it anyway I think to test boundaries and whatever and so we're often like okay red light come back here whatever so I kind of dashed out with Jordan for a second to make sure that he wasn't going to run into the other room but in this sort of alcovey part of this other room before he get through to the area we don't the the restricted area the area we don't want him in you have to go into this main room in order to go through the door to get to the lobby so we were in the sort of the main the main room if you will and there's a couple of toys in there and one of them is this pretend kitchen which jackson has seen and has absolutely never cared about i maybe he cared about it the very first time because it has doors like the fridge and you know whatever and he probably opened and closed those because Jackson hasn't had a bigger obsession with doors uh, about a year or so ago but he he likes to open and close doors just a thing so he went over to the kitchen and I just sort of like I kind of wasn't really paying attention thinking what is he he's looking for something to spin because that's usually what Jackson's looking for but it was very it was almost methodical he stood by the kitchen then he looked over to the side and there was like a three-tier drawer uh, which had all the I would say like the the pan and the, you know, spatula and the food and all this stuff was in these drawers. He opened one of the drawers. It was almost like he knew exactly where to go. He opened one of the drawers, pulled out something. I couldn't see what it was. I actually thought it was pizza when he first pulled it out. Opened the microwave, put the food inside the microwave, closed it, pretended to press the buttons, stood there for a few seconds waiting, and then opened the door of the microwave and pulled the food out. And now you have to understand, Jackson sees me microwave his food every day because he usually almost every single day has oatmeal with blueberries. So I, and the blueberries we buy are frozen. So I microwave the frozen blueberries. I pull those out. Then I microwave his oatmeal and then I pull that out and then I pour the blueberries on. I mean, this is like his everyday event. So it's not like he, and he understands a microwave counts down and then it hits to end because he'll sometimes count down and then he'll say end which is adorable and then I'll give him his food so he understands what a microwave is he understands what it does I've never seen him functionally interested in using one and I've certainly never seen him do it with pretend food and pretend to play this was the very first time I'd ever seen it and it was funny because first of all I grabbed Sarah um, Jackson's PT like as if I was seeing some I don't know, moon landing or something crazy or like some or like some horrible car crash because the look on my face must have just been like my jaw was dropped. I know I was completely shocked. You know, I had one hand on Jordan's stroller and I had one hand on Sarah and I was like almost like please nobody make a sound because I want to see how this plays out. And it, and as soon as he got it got the food out and it was spaghetti and meatballs. Um he was holding it and I think he didn't quite know what to do at that point. And then he kind of went over and somebody had put some hot dogs on the grill like on the stove part and so he kind of was sort of like playing with those for a minute and then he got bored and he was done because I think he didn't quite know what to do next I think he was a little confused but he got that far and I thought that was unbelievable so then we left and I was just I was really I I had a lot to think about so 
it brought me back a couple of things. One, it brought me back to, so Jackson's, so my first cousin has three kids and they live in this area. And when, and when Jackson was, I think, three months old, uh, the second of their two children was born. So the oldest is older than Jackson and then the middle one, Jackson's a few months older. And then there's a baby, there's a younger, a, a younger one. And so Jackson uh, and and the middle child have been in the same, you know, are, are essentially the same age. And th- there was a day when I brought Jackson over to play and the two, the two older kids were there and the, the, the one that's Jackson's age was so far ahead of Jackson on these like milestones that I was like I just I just remember sitting there thinking okay that's what they mean by a by a typically developing child like that's right there in front of me I could see it he had gone over to they had a pretend kitchen and and this was at my aunt's house they had a pretend kitchen there and he made me a pancake and he brought it to me and it was like I don't even know what it was it didn't even matter and I was like "Mm, this is so good you know like pretending these kinds of things and then oh I'm gonna go do this now or and then the older child was was building stuff with Legos and saying you know telling me everything he was building and you know Jackson was just sitting there and looking at me like he didn't know what to do and he just wanted to run around and spin things and I found these flashcards and I was doing flashcards of letters with Jackson which was one of the things that we used to do a lot together we haven't done that in a while but that was something he used to like to do and I remember thinking to myself okay I may never ever see my kid pretend to play like this I may never see it 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 may never happen he may and it shouldn't be a big deal I mean it really isn't a big deal if that's who Jackson is fine that's fine I mean I don't want to rule it out because anything can happen look what just happened but I think it particularly gutted me at that moment because I live in a world where my whole life is about playing pretend. That's what I do for a living. That's my world. It's climbing into the skin and psychology of other people, sometimes animals, sometimes sentient inanimate objects. I mean, depending on what the play is and what you're doing I I climb into the psychology and into the skin of other beings and tell their truth and tell their story and play within a story and communicate with others I mean that's like what I do it's all pretend (laughs) it's all pretend play it's all playing pretend and that's like that's such a huge part of my life that the idea that my kid doesn't it's not even that he doesn't find that fun because I I I certainly don't if he if he didn't want to be an actor I'm fine with that but it's more like does he get it at all like does he get it will he get it will he get what it is that I'm so passionate about and why and I don't know it and it's I feel bad even saying this because Jackson is Jackson and he's amazing and I love him and he's got some incredibly cool things about him and he's such a cool kid and a sweet boy and he's got great things but it I'm reminded of there's a moment in the movie Mr. Holland's opus and if you haven't seen it and you this will be a spoiler so I apologize if you haven't 
if you haven't seen it and you want to see it, stop this podcast now, skip ahead a little bit, maybe like 60 seconds. There's a moment where Mr. Holland is a musician, music teacher, and he has a child and it turns out that this child is deaf. And he's gutted by this news because to him, music is his whole life. And having a child who's deaf and can't appreciate it, he becomes obstinate and angry and he, you know, says his son can't understand him and he doesn't know him and he will never really get it. And they have this whole conversation about John Lennon and when John Lennon dies and he says to his son, you know, you wouldn't understand. And he's like, you don't think I understand? You don't think I understand what this means? You know, and so he's, they have this fight and then later on he gets it. Mr. Holland gets it and he, he does this beautiful tribute to his son and he it's it's such a lovely moment where he like you see that he gets it they get they come together and it's like it's okay that you can't hear it you can still feel the music you can still feel it it you don't have to be able to hear it the way I hear it you don't have to experience the world the way I experience the world and I believe that I don't believe that Jackson has to experience the world the way I experience it clearly he doesn't so I understand that and I get it. But there was still, I mean, honestly, there was still a moment where I went, wow, he may never see me in what I would say is my most, is like my most self, like where I am my most me. Which brings me to a very interesting thing that happened. I went to an audition. So this is funny. Okay, I just realized this. The So that whole pretend play thing happened with Jackson on Wednesday. Thursday, I had to go downtown for an audition. Let me just sort of lay out for you how this went down. So I accepted the audition. And this was how I had to make this work. So Jackson gets out. So my audition was at 2.30 and it's in the city. And I live about 26 miles from the city. But I, w- but I wasn't going to be at my house. I was going to be another maybe 20 30 minutes away further north from my house okay (laughs) to get down to the city so here's how I had to make this work I I picked up Jackson I have Jordan in the car picked up Jackson at 12 30 like I always do at school drove him to his therapy now Jackson has therapy from one until four on Thursdays so I dropped him off we actually of course he had to go to the bathroom we took him to the bathroom did all that took Jordan, ran back to the car, dashed downtown. Now, I knew that this was going to be a quick audition. There were, it was a, it was what we call an MOS, which is without words. It's, it was just looks and it's all on look, it's all on expression. And that's really what it is. You walk in, you do, I mean, the whole thing, honestly, with a slate, with, you know, where you say your name and your height, the whole thing lasts probably 90 seconds. Like, no joke. So I knew going in that it wasn't going to be a long audition. The longest part was going to be the wait to go in for my audition if they were running late or behind. So I grabbed Jordan. We rushed down. When we got there, I I was about maybe 10 minutes out. I called John. John had left work. He was meeting me. He walked from work to meet me so that he could corral Jordan while I went in for this audition. So I found parking, holla freaking Luya, I don't know how I did this. I found parking very close to the casting office, went over, went up, 
you know, and, and of course in the morning I had had to put on makeup and get dressed and do all my hair, you know, so all of that was going on while Jordan was taking his nap. So, you know, I was, a, had a very busy morning, all that, had to feed him, all, you know, all the, all the basic things that you do as a mom, so what, what it is. So I'm down at the audition, I get there, I go up, I fill out my form, I'm waiting, and I'm not one of these pushy people because I've worked in a casting office before and I know how frustrating it is when everybody wants to be the one to go in and, and has a problem. However, this time, because I knew I needed to be up there to pick up Jackson and I kind of couldn't like rely on other people who could like be there for him because he also had to be at his other therapy at 445. I had to pick him up on time. I said, I don't mean to be that person, but if we can get me in you know, sooner because I have to pick up my kid, I would really appreciate it. And she was so great. And she told the the session director and, it, you know, it all went well. John's in the lobby holding Jordan. I'm waiting to go in. I get in. I do my thing. It takes literally probably 90 seconds. I do my few things. I'm done. And I walk out. Okay. Then grab Jordan. John helps me put him in the car. John leaves to go back to work. I get on the highway and I'm in traffic. And I knew I would be in traffic because, again, I'm, you know, I'm now on the road. It's 245, you know, in the middle of, you know, a Thursday. So I knew I was going up there and I knew I was going to be stuck in traffic. And I was. And I'm sweating and it was hot and it was the whole nine yards. And Jordan's in the back and he's crying because he really hasn't eaten enough. And he's hungry and tired and cranky. And I have to get to this other town by four o'clock which again I ended up being about mm, nine minutes late ten minutes late but I made it and we made it to his other therapy so three people when I was relaying this story asked me the same question they all asked me really so what did you have to do I walked in I smiled they told me what to do I looked out the window I looked back at the carpet and that was it so how long did it take 90 seconds your whole audition was 90 seconds. Yeah. God, was it worth it? Okay, so first of all, I hate that question. I hate it. I hate that question. Because clearly it was worth it. Because if it wasn't worth it, I wouldn't do it. They're saying, was it worth it? Because there's such a low chance of you booking this job. And they're right. I mean, you're not getting the job. It's just not, it's not I'm not getting the job. It's getting the job isn't the job the job is the audition as John said in the last episode I mean that is just what it is so I'm not getting the job so why go do it right why schlep downtown in with a child in the back force other people to have to like work around and help you and all of that stuff and deal with all of that stress and deal with the traffic and deal with all of that insanity right why do that why would I do that well I'll tell you those 90 seconds that I was in that room, I was the most me that I've been in a really long time. And that's what happens when I walk into those rooms is that I get to be me. I get to be Allie Goodman. I'm not Jordan's mother. I'm not Jackson's mother. I'm not John's wife. I'm not, you know, the podcast host. I am Allie Goodman. I am a human person I am the person they have called in they have chosen me they clicked my face on their little submission thing I am there to peddle my wares as Michael Kostroff says I'm there to show you my carpet samples my acting and you decide if I'm here for you or you know if you want to if you want to hire me 
for your job, whatever it is. You know, I'm here, I'm here to do my job. And it is the most I feel like me when I get to do. Now, sometimes it's much more fun. I mean, sometimes I get to do really cool, fun auditions so that, you know, where I get to have meaty words and, you know, I get to get angry or get sad or whatever. And it's a lot more, you know, in that rather than just looking out a window and then looking back at fake carpet. Sure, that's sure. But to me, it doesn't matter because it all, it's all who, it's all me and it's all my moment. And if if I only get to act for 90 seconds on a Thursday and that's what I get for the week, then I'm taking it. And that's the same thing for when I do auditions for voiceover. That's the same. It doesn't matter. That time that I'm working, that I'm relaying whatever the words are or whatever it is that I'm saying, that, that's, that's my time. That's me. That's me time. That's Allie being Allie. And I think that I can't put a finer point on it than that. And yeah, so to all the people out there who want to know if it's worth it, yep, it's worth it. And <laughs> I got I got to give her a shout out because I think she's hilarious and we've never met in person that I know of, but Sydney Charles, who's a Chicago actress, she's amazing. She's so funny. And one of the things that she she calls people who are not actors or in the showbiz industry muggles. Uh, or I would say in the acting industry, because designers and costumers, they all, they're all part of that same industry. Everybody's part of this industry. But if you're not part of the industry in any way, you are muggles. And she talks about, she did an entire post that I thought was brilliant. And she basically says, you know, all of you are like, hey, Transformers is shooting in Chicago, and they're looking for extras, and then you get tagged and all these things. And it's like, you don't understand our industry. <laughs> And also, like, when people say, oh, you know, they shoot that Chicago Fire show. You should go beyond that. Oh, yes. You know what? Do you know someone? Because that would be great. Like, thanks. I'd appreciate it. If you can get me a series regular on that show, that'd be awesome. Are you friends with any of the producers there? Sweet. You're, you're buddies with Dick Wolf. Awesome. Awesome. Sign me up. Because I agree. I should be a series regular on any of those shows that they're shooting in Chicago at any given point. So, yeah. It's, it's funny to me because to me, it's like, hey, muggles, you don't understand. This isn't your business. It's not what you do. So you don't get why it matters. And it's, it is important to me and it is worth it. So yeah, that's, that's what I have to say about that. Is, uh, and if it ever becomes a point where it's not worth it, then I won't do it. Simple as that. It's bizarre to me that... <laughs> that I'm in my 40s and yet I still sometimes feel like I'm like 13 the way that people treat me because I'm quote unquote still doing that acting thing like y'all this is a real business and it's a real industry and I'm not making it up you know I know that I said that it's playing pretend and I get it but it is I, I do still pay taxes with it okay enough said so uh, yeah, I guess I did my shout out. Sydney, I guarantee you don't listen to this podcast. But you know, if any of your friends do, they can maybe tell you that I <laughs> that I gave you a huge shout out because I think you're very funny and very talented. And I think you freaking have awesome things that you say on social media. And I love following you. So um, you go girl, because I think you rock. And to all my other talented uh, wizards and witches, if you will, non muggles. Um, Keep, keep going because keep being you and keep, uh, 
keep going in knowing you're not going to get the job but doing it because you love it and that's what it's about and that's that my friends i'll talk to you all next week in a new episode thanks thank you all so much for joining us on acting up with Allie goodman i just want to tell you how important it is that we continue to have these conversations so please reach out and follow me on instagram facebook and youtube at ally real to real that's ally a-l-i R-E-A-L-T-O-R-E-E-L. Please share this podcast with anyone you think might need it. And of course, the best way for people to find this podcast is if you leave a review. So please rate us and review us. I'm so thankful for all of you. This podcast only exists because you listen and continue to bring inclusion and love. So thank you. Okay, friends, just take it one day at a time, one minute at a time, sometimes one second at a time. And just hang in there. We are all in this together.